Yeah, I'm I'm one and zero in uh, championships in best ball. Strong. So, don't know, Strong don't know how that happened. <laughs> Great rookie. Literally, the guy asked me. He's like, "Hey, you, you played best ball before, right?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I play all the time." <laughs> and <laughs> it was my first ever best ball draft. And uh, yeah, just had zero clue what I was doing, and it worked. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Astronauts. Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Football Astronauts. I'm your host today, Rish. You can catch me on Twitter at FF underscore Rish. I'm excited for this one today. Jetpack and I are talking about uh, something we really don't know anything about, and so it's going to be a great learning experience for us. Um, But as usual... Jetpack Galileo is here, and uh, he's been tearing it up. Got some really fun things coming out here. Jetpack, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing really well. Uh, we have a wrestling stud here um, yes. that I am excited to have on the show. I've been waiting a long time to get Brian Drake out here. Um, but, yeah, say hi, Brian. What's going on, gentlemen? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you here. Had had fun in that uh, beginning, learning a little bit about you and uh, kind of your your history in podcasting and writing and stuff. Um, if you haven't followed uh, Brian, you can find him on Twitter at Drake Fantasy. Um, Brian is the host of the, the <laughs> Brian's the host of the Fantasy Football Hustle podcast, and he's a writer at Fighting Chance Fantasy. Um, Brian, tell us a little bit about those two. Um, like what, what's your podcast theme and, and tell us a little bit about, uh, fighting chance fantasy. Sure. So the fantasy football hustle is a show I do with Dwayne McFarland. You might know him from actually following him on Twitter. So that's what I say all the time is like, I'll tweet it out and then Dwayne will retweet it and people actually see it. So he works for establish the run, which is Evan Silva's project. Uh, he was also a writer for football guys. Uh, He does stuff with Matt Waldman, RSP.com. So he's a super smart guy. This show is going to get you in tune with roster development. uh, And we're going to use Dwayne's utilization report. That's kind of his claim to fame. And we kind of take all sorts of data from Snapshare and and routes run and depth of target and all this stuff that, you know, my journalism degree doesn't cover. And we break it out and we try to put it into a context where you don't need to be a football nerd to understand it. And it's going to help you build better rosters, pick up players that are ascending and win some fantasy titles. And we're going into our third year now doing the hustle and man, it grows every year. Two years ago, we were doing shows and you know, there's 10, 15 people listening and we just did it because we enjoy doing it together. And then, you know, fast forward a few years, we've got Rich Rebar and Evan Silva and uh, Graham Barfield and Sigmund Bloom coming on the show and our minds are blown, but I, I guess people like what we're doing. So we're going to keep doing it. And uh, if you like the show, check us out on YouTube, just search fantasy football hustle. You'll find us there. Please subscribe. And you know, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us there. Fantasy football hustle. Our background is kind of like this cool, like wall and it's got the fantasy football hustle on it uh, and kind of a slanted new logo. So that's how you know you're on the right feed. And, Fighting Chance Fantasy, boy, this is really like a playground for beginning fantasy writers. I don't mean to say it's beginning like, hey, you know, you're just learning how to write. That's not the case. But everybody has to start somewhere. 
And the tagline we use at Fighting Chance is where fantasy's future is written. So we've got a bunch of folks over there, guys and girls, and we're, we're proud of that, that we've got, um, you know, female staff also in fantasy, which is hard to come by these days. And we got people who just, they want to write. It's not an overly taxing thing. We're not beating people up and saying, you got to put out 10 articles a week and it's got to get so many clicks. Man, write about what you like. If you want to write about, you know, women's WNBA, go for it. I had a guy email me. He wanted to write about uh, horse racing. I go, there's DFS horse racing? I didn't know that. He's like, oh, yeah, these people bet on horses. I go, great. Go nuts. It's just a playground for creativity. And that's what the fantasy space needs. So before Dwayne can go off and become Dwayne McFarlane and establish the run in football guys and Ryan Hallam, who created the site, who now works at Fantasy Alarm, you got to start somewhere. And that's what fantasy, uh, Fighting Chance Fantasy is all about. So I'm proud of that. We're going to be growing if I can ever get off my ass and get uh, reading some of these amazing submissions that people have sent us because I'm uh, like this, I'm an ideas guy. And then when it comes to actually implementing them, I'm awful at it. Like, I can come up with all these great ideas. Be like, you know what? We should do a show about this and we should have a YouTube page and a Twitch. And then it's like, oh, we have to do it. I'm like, oh yeah. You need like an intern or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to get a couple of new writers over at fighting chance and um that's the toughest part is telling somebody there's so many great folks that are putting out kick-ass content and going like, well, we want you, but you know, we don't need you yet, but I can't have 200 people on the staff. So yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out, but that's uh, the fantasy football hustle and, and fighting chance. So go over to fighting You'll see an article I just posted about work and life and marriage and trying to be this fantasy industry and balancing it all and, and how difficult it is. So like I was saying before the show, God bless you guys for the work you do and the, the great work on YouTube and scouting these NFL players and uh, in college, it's, it's awesome. So man, I keep up the great work. We appreciate that. It's it, we're, as we're building a team too, we, we see how hard it is to, um, to like get and even keep uh, just the, the, the quality writers and, and you have people that want to write that maybe don't have experience. And um, mm-hmm. we found a, a similar platform on our site where some people have have had writing experience in the past that we brought on. Some people haven't. And, uh, and, and it's been really cool to watch people develop and uh, and, and give people a platform to to write on and uh, really just enhance the fantasy football community. You know, like the more information that's out there, the better everyone is and the more fun everyone can have. So yeah, and if, um, if somebody has passion, you know, let them go do their thing. And, and who am I to say, you know, ah, this article's not good enough, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, just put it out there. Maybe somebody gleans one thing from that article and it helps their fantasy uh, fortunes down the road. And then they start asking you for advice. They're listening to your podcasts and, uh, you know, it just kind of snowballs from there. And that, that's how you build a following. We've done that at Fighting Chance. We've got our show. Um, we've got a show, Fighting Chance Live, which actually has the Scott Fishbowl Nine champion Gary Haddow is one of the hosts. Ooh. Uh, yeah, that, that that's a huge thing for us. Scott Fishbowl, as your listeners may know, it, the invites are just going out right now, and it's kind of like the biggest free tournament in fantasy. Everybody wants to be in it uh, because if you win it, you could say, "Oh my God, I beat Matthew Barry, and I beat Silva, and I beat every analyst in the world." And the guy who won it last year was from FightingChanceFantasy.com. <laughs> Right. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, that's, I mean, that's huge, huge to have, uh, with the site. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, 
No, that's that's real exciting stuff. Uh, and so make sure you don't miss that. Um, that's give us the the Twitter handles there. I'm I'm pulling it up too. That's uh, at FC Fantasy Sports for Fighting Chance, and then the the podcast is at FF Hustle. Um, so you can go follow those on Twitter as well. Definitely go subscribe to their YouTube channel. Um, check out some of their podcasts. Real. Real uh, great to have you on the show. We're excited to get into this best ball talk. Jetpack, do you want to start us off on uh, some of the best ball questions? Because we, we truly are clueless. Well, you yeah, brought on the wrong guy then. <laughs> are we recording? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just kind of give us a brief intro on what draws you to best ball. Because I, I know it's such a unique format and you know not having waivers and not being able to trade mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Tell us about what kind of got you into it in general. To be honest, the best thing about best ball is you don't have to do anything. If you're a guy like me, you got two kids, you got a wife, you got a job, you got a house, you got to cut the grass, you're in a bunch of leagues with your buddies uh, that you're focused on waivers in, you don't have to do any of that. You you draft it and forget it, which is amazing. And these leagues, in my opinion, help the guys who are paying attention all offseason, the guys who enjoy the draft. So now you're a little ahead of the game on the rookies. You are paying attention in free agency. You know about the coaching changes. It really does, I think, lean more towards the smart fan, the guy paying attention. They're going to do a little better in best ball because, you know, maybe that guy in your league of of hometown buddies, you know, you draft in somebody's garage uh, on a Saturday in August. He doesn't realize that Hayden Hurst is playing for the Falcons now and what role is open for him with Austin Hooper now gone to Cleveland. So, you know, maybe now there's a guy you can steal and, and you know, you get him in your lineup and you're, you're cooking with gas, but that's what I like about it. And they're cheap. There's ones that are $10. And I played in one last night with uh, Graham Barfield and fantasy points. It was 25. Uh, so you're not breaking the bank. You could do a hundred leagues here if you want to, and, you know, spend a thousand dollars. And I know guys who put a thousand dollars down on, on DFS in a couple weeks in the NFL season and, they come out with nothing. This is still 16 weeks of enjoyment, and maybe you can walk away with a little cache. It's always nice. It is. I, I've played in one league, and uh, it was the the draft was really fun because it was slightly different. Um, not not a ton, but you saw a lot more uh, upside drafting, in my opinion, and and that's yeah. really fun when you're when you have guys that are that are drafting like you're drafting purely upside guys in, in certain rounds. And so it's like, Oh, I don't care if you're going to score a floor of five points a week. Like I just, I, I'm, that, that's not useful to me. So that was, that was kind of fun to change how you think about fantasy football as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's different. And we'll see when we go over my draft and you want to talk about upside and, and kind of punting on a position that you would never do in a redraft league. Uh, you know, that's what I did last night. Yeah. Oh, I, I love your draft right now big fan of uh of a couple of the the guys that you landed in some of these rounds and we'll we'll get into that in a little bit um what so do you play do you play dynasty best ball as well or do you mostly play uh seasonal best ball leagues i don't think there i don't think you can do a dynasty best ball can you i've never i've seen seen some um so i mean that that answers the question i've seen some and and that's why i was uh that's why i thought it was um interesting because i'm like i I don't understand how that that would work because uh, yeah i've seen i've seen some some tweets about the dynasty best ball leagues that Mm -hmm. some guys are in and 
Um, so that was that was a question because there are no trades. So maybe it's just off season trades that are going. But uh, so just just the uh, seasonal best ball leagues. Um, how many are you in right now? I've done probably five drafts at, at this point um, for a couple of different sites, and we did one for uh, the fantasy football hustle. I threw that out there. We got uh, John Daigle from Roto World jumped in it, and uh, Devin Armani, uh, Fantasy Mojo, he does great uh, FFPC ADP data. He runs the Pros or Joes uh, fantasy series. You'll actually see coming out. And Dwayne and I this year were invited. I'm like, are we the Joes now? Like, and we're like, no, oh, you guys, you're one of the pros. Jeez, oh, moving up in the world. Uh, so you'll see us doing that. Nice. I think if you lose, you become a Joe. They take your podcast away. Uh, you can't do this anymore. You're an idiot. That's what we say about the the trivia game at the end. If you can beat Jetpack, then you could do uh, host the show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, we really? removed Jetpack yeah, sure. as a host. I loses. was awful at it. I'm sure. Well, I've I've taken a few losses recently. <laughs> Sad to is say, it NFL trivia or Jeopardy or what is it? Well, today just to just to wet your whistle, we are doing. We've done this <laughs> once before. We're doing a spelling bee. Oh, oh. no. Yes, the and beauty of, I love the beauty of that is this. We're not on video, and I have this uh, Google machine in front of me. That it's, it's gonna be. <laughs> I mean, going be, I won't. Uh, yeah, gonna be be uh, Scout's honor there, but it'll be rocket and space technology. Oh boy, uh, rocket and space technology spelling bee today. Well, oh. I mean, uh, at least Drake's got the uh, journalism background, so you know all this, <laughs> the word structures are there. Microsoft Word's a hell of a drug, you know. You, you that thing <laughs> correcting everything. Yeah, I just got I'm turned really on to this Grammarly. Uh, oh yes, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. never using it before. I today, sent, yeah, I sent Dwayne an article, uh, and I'm like, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And he's like, "You don't know what a comma is." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, probably not." So I down. He's like, "Download this program, <laughs> idiot." And I so I downloaded it and I plugged it in there. <laughs> it helps you out a ton. My journalism teachers in school, that's what they, they would just like mark up my paper, like semicolon. I still don't know what a semicolon is used for. I'm 40 <laughs> years old. Yeah, we, uh, I had all of our, I had all of our, uh, all of our writers download it. I've been using it and it's, it's annoying when you're trying to write shorthand because like if you're just typing notes, because it tries to correct everything. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I got like squiggles, red squiggles all over the page. And I'm like, this is just a short note. I'm like, I'm just taking notes here. This isn't an article. This isn't a letter going out. It's not an email. And, um, but it's, it's super, super helpful when you're, when you're typing stuff up and, uh, it's definitely made me sound more intelligent in certain DMS for sure. That's how we want to do it. Big brother, man. I don't want no robots reading all my stuff. So if you put it on your phone, which I mistakenly did, so then Um, it'll do it while you're texting and all this, oh, wow. and you're like, oh my god, get rid of, of that. Yeah, I, I struggle with autocorrect as it is. <laughs> yeah, it'll, um, it'll it, autocorrect ducking, and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so what's your so when you're going into these best ball drafts, what's your general strategy like? Like before we get into specific players and rounds, like what are what are you thinking? Um, just going into a draft. Well, I've been stuck at the ends of the drafts I've done so far. And really, when I go in, the only strategy that I want is I want upside players. And if it's PPR, I and you'll see, I didn't get this at all, this draft. 
I want running backs who catch passes. That's like always my biggest thing. It's so elementary, but give me running backs who catch passes. And of course, my starting two running backs are Darius Geis and Derek Henry in this league. But, uh, you know, I'm going to probably wait on the quarterback. Um, sometimes I'll take a tight end early. I want to see how it plays out. And I did that in one draft. I took George Kittle at the end of the second round, and I really didn't like the way my team turned out. But, you know, that's the that's kind of the give and the take of, of taking the tight end early. But, yeah, in terms of a, a strategy, the early on rounds, it's just like any old redraft. You're like, give me some upside. Uh, but the one thing you can do is, and I did in this draft, you can punt a position because you can just load up on three or four shots at the end and we'll see who comes through. Like I did with running back where Henry is every week. He's going to be probably the starting guy in my lineup. The computer will tell me, but Geis, Keyshawn Vaughn, AJ Dillon, Ryquel Armstead. Then I took late flyers on LaShawn McCoy and Lamar Miller, assuming one of them gets drafted. So, um, you know, I just need one of those guys to kind of hit and I have a bazillion really good wide receivers. So they'll carry me all of their weeks and, you know, we'll just light a candle and say a prayer that I get something out of my RB2. Um, no, I'm, I'm definitely looking. We had a, a different one was circled. So I was like, what are you talking about? I, I thought that was yours was uh, drafting Kenyon Drake and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And I'm like, what do you mean you, you didn't draft? Uh, you didn't draft pass catch, catching running backs. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the guy I sent you circled his team. I like his team, uh, but he was just ahead of me. So, yeah, it's not not much you can do when when there's uh, there's no trading and you just kind of have to let let players fall to you um, and take Damn, I, I like this guy's team a lot. We should talk about his team instead. <laughs> let's, talk, let's, let's talk a little bit of both because it does look like you took um, pretty opposite mm-hmm. uh, strategies there. Um, but, but so, so another question here, what's you, what positions do you tend to fade? What, like, what are what, what positions do you find yourself fading till the end of the draft and, and um you know, just, just collecting a bunch of, of guys. Sure. It, it's not typically the running back, but what do you find you're typically trying to do? I've always been a guy in redraft that will say, draft a running back, then draft another running back. And when you think about drafting something else, draft another running back. Yeah, baby. You know, that's yep. kind of always been my mantra. And Dwayne, my co-host from The Hustle, after he saw a few of my best ball drafts, he goes, your receivers are terrible. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Because I think I started a draft, I had the one spot, and I went McCaffrey, came back. And a lot of people who have that early pick are going to be in the situation. So you get McCaffrey or Barkley, let's say. Coming back at the end of the second, you're probably going to have a shot at either Kelsey or Kittle. I pulled the trigger. I said, let's take Kittle. Let's see what happens, okay? And then I took another running back because I knew it was drying up here to start the third round. So now my team is, you know, CMC, Kittle, you know, whoever my other running back was. So now my RB1 at the end of the fourth round, you're not taking a wide receiver until 412, and my wide receiver one was Kelvin Ridley. So is that the worst thing in the world? I mean, everybody thinks he's going to have this dynamic season, but do you really want him as your one? You know, I don't know about that. Yeah, it looks like most guys at that point have two wide receivers, you know. Right, where if you look at the draft they did last night, in the fourth round, I'm taking Adam Thielen as my wide receiver three. Right. So would you rather have Thielen as your wide receiver three or Calvin Ridley as your wide receiver one? Yeah. Pair that I'm, with Juju and DeAndre Hopkins. 
yeah, it's not a bad and and following that up with Terry McLaurin and Marquise Brown. Your your wide receivers in this draft are are really awesome. Tons. I mean, there's there's some volume plays in there, but they're all the. I think the thing that I notice as you as you got out of the volume plays with Hopkins and Juju um, and Thielen, you went Terry McLaurin, Marquise Brown, Deshaun Jackson, and all of those guys are just burners. Yeah, you those know, like are the guys that one catch can get you 15 points because right. they'll catch a, you know, 60 yard, 70 yard touchdown pass. And now, you know, you're set for the week, but I don't, let me ask your guys opinion on this. Being an Eagles fan, I know what Deshaun Jackson brought to that offense last year in week one and what he would have done for that offense. Had he stayed healthy the entire season, you can get him. I probably could have got him two rounds later, to be honest, I could pull up his ADP, but everyone is so enamored with Jalen Rieger and for good reason. He's a very nice player, but they don't have Alshon Jeffrey for the first six weeks. He'll probably be on the pup list. You've got a rookie on the outside and then, you know, Goodwin or whoever they else they put in here. I think Deshaun Jackson could have a fantastic season, a little hit or miss, but absolutely best ball wise. Oh my God. He's made for best ball. Yeah. He's a best ball. No brainer. I, I mean, the deal with him is, He's almost as like in terms of equivalence. He he's just as valuable, if not more valuable, than Jalen Rager. You have no rookie risk. He understands everything that's going on. I mean, and really, I think people miss that a lot of these athletes stay just as fast. They don't really lose a step. They just get hurt. And Deshaun, if he's healthy, is going to hit. Um, he's such a weapon. I, so yeah, I mean, I'm totally with you there. I love taking these older guys late. Um, because that's that's where a ton of the upside is. People get attached to or afraid of guys who were previously injured or guys who are now older, like especially receivers. If a guy's hitting thirty, um, people start to get concerned. But you know, if the value's there, like it is with Deshaun or an AJ Green or something like that, I mean, all all aboard. Deshaun Jackson right now, according to the FFPC ADP. Uh, yeah, of course I lose it as soon as I. Uh, <laughs> not, uh, he's a mid 13th round pick and i took him in the beginning of the uh, the end of the 11th so i i snagged him a few rounds before his adp uh guys going around him in adp at receiver are Nikhil harry hunter renfro there's alshon Pittman. Guys going just ahead of him, Brashad Perriman, Curtis Samuel, Sammy Watkins, Justin Jefferson. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, if healthy, could outscore all those guys. Easily. Not even close. So, yeah, that's a guy that I'm going to be targeting, and I think I've gotten him in most drafts I've done all year. People just forget about him. It's that, you know, I don't know what the, you know, the fantasy industry has all kinds of buzzwords they throw in every – is that a a post-hype sleeper or – yeah, season with a Z. Or I, I, I'm old. I don't know all the terms. <laughs> He's got to be a, a post, 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 post hype. Is how old is he now? I, I, uh, I think he graduated yeah. high school with me. So, <laughs> and they're trying to yeah, bring he's... Michael McCoy back now. Good lord. <laughs> he's thirty. He's thirty three. So, I mean, you're you're looking at a guy that's, um, he's getting. I, I think part of what happens in fantasy as well 
is people want you get the age discount, right? People want the the next new shiny toy, and so Deshaun Jackson's not the the new shiny toy, um, but he's still a dynamic playmaker. So so Jalen Rager is going to get overdrafted in some of these redraft leagues just because he's the shiny new toy. When Deshaun Jackson is probably the right pick for for redraft now for for dynasty, that's it's a different story because you you want the longevity there, but um, but yeah, you're talking pure pure redraft leagues deshaun jackson is um definitely going to get the age discount this year and he's I mean, 33 last year he's best ball jesus that's what we'll go with we had seth rollins we talked about it <laughs> jesus deshaun jackson best ball jesus right there 33 years old because he might just um, be dead yeah what uh so what positions what positions are your must draft early like or or what is you you said you you go running back running back and then when you think about drafting another position draft running back is that does that ring true for you obviously this this draft yeah. uh an anomaly is that typically your style is is going with those running backs and, and just loading up on them I like to hang my hat on a couple of running backs if this was a uh, a league where we were playing it out for the season and I had to set a roster each week. You know, I could look at some of these guys and say like, you know what, instead of Adam Thielen right there, maybe I'll take, you know, I, I saw, I mean, who else went around? The There's Mostert, Kareem Hunt, Ingram, Montgomery. I mean, again, are, are you excited about any of those guys? Wouldn't you rather just have Adam Thielen as a potential top five wide receiver? And really, that's what it comes down to. When you start this way with a stud, Derrick Henry, and then go, I went, uh, what, five straight receivers? But these are five straight receivers who could absolutely finish as a top 12 wide receiver. Hopkins, Juju, Thielen, McLaurin, Brown. You could have a really good argument and say they're going to be a top 12 guy. Are you going to have a – I mean, how many people think David Montgomery or Mark Ingram or most are, is going to be a top 12 running back? You're talking to a, a David Montgomery truther, so I might be in that category. <laughs> what do you think I might be in that category. Him? Give me your thoughts on him. He went at the beginning of the fifth round in this draft, and I think he can catch the ball a little better than – and you guys are the scout guys, so you know, fill me in, but I think he's a good talent. I think he's, I think he's awesome. Um, I've gotten to work with him a little bit this offseason, and uh, so I'm, I'm a little bit biased there. Uh, both being a Bears fan and having seen him work in person. Um, but, I mean, his his hands are are really good. I watched him catch a, a, a front side one-handed slant, right? One hand, one hand slant's tough for anyone to do, and then to catch it with your front side hand is is ridiculous. So I think his hands are, are really good. Um, the When he was coming out of, of school, the coaches said he was one of the best um, receivers on the team as far as uh, ability to run routes and stuff. So he was, he's, I think he was underutilized in the past game a little bit last year. They suffered from a bad offensive line. Uh, not that they've done a ton to fix that. Uh, they had banged up quarterbacks, banged up tight end, banged up offensive line. And so um, you're looking at a guy that that's trying to learn the offense and adjust to the speed of the game. And um, he didn't have a great yards per carry, but he had over a thousand all purpose yards and I'm really hoping for a year two where maybe he's maybe he's not top twelve, but I, I think that's definitely within his ranges of outcomes. Um, and for for this year, I don't see why 
he can't be better than uh, uh, guys like Clyde Edwards Hilaire or Jonathan Taylor. You know, he, he was, he was top 15 in touches um, and, and it only looks to go up from there. Like, so, so I think there's a, a, a lot more upside with David Montgomery this year. I'm pretty, pretty high on him in uh, dynasty as well. And but he went, he was the number 22 running back in fantasy points last year. Average uh, just a, a shade over nine points a game, which isn't great uh, in a PPR, but you know, what can you do? I, I agree with you. He's a guy who your buddies in your home league, and that's all we care about. You can be in every industry league you want. All you want to do is beat your old college buddies because (laughs) that matters. That's the bragging rights that you really care about. You know, I tell my friends all the time, I'm like, Hey, I got Evan Silva on the show this week and, uh, or Graham Barfield or we're in the the Scott fishbowl. And they're like, you won the consolation bracket of our home league. Like, why are you even doing a show? <laughs> you know, that's so true. You know, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, thank, thanks, guys. I've actually won the consolation bracket two years in a row. Thank you very oh, much. Yeah, yeah, I have the golden toilet down here in my man cave. We have a little toilet trophy that says name, "King name of the Loser." We didn't put the name on that one. If we were doing this on video, I have the trophies behind me because I'm the commissioner. <laughs> We have a belt. Everybody wants the belt. Nobody wants the trophy with the, their name on it. Um, but I've never cared about a loser's bracket trophy until, again, I'm the idea guy. I'm in the loser's bracket final. I go, we need to be playing for something. Let's make a trophy. <laughs> so and I actually I went out and executed that plan. That's good. That's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> but that's what it's about. You want to beat your buddies. Uh, and, and David Montgomery, that's a sneaky pick who those casual fans, and that's who we're speaking to in these podcasts. I think we always get so enamored with like industry talk and like, oh, these other guys in this site listen and they like to tweet and this and that. Like, aren't we trying to help, you know, Joe Sixpack out there who's trying to win his league? Like, that's who we want coming to our site. And they could get David Montgomery as a total post hype sleeper because people are just kind of off him. And he was an RB two last year. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I mean, the thing to deal with David Montgomery is you, you're running through your tiers of guys and you're looking for volume, and the value to volume ratio with David Montgomery is so high. And he's yeah. one of the best committee guys because he is in a committee with Tariq Cohen. I think you have to respect that and understand there's a little bit of a limit to the ceiling there. But in terms of like the pure volume, he's he's top ten in carry share. Um, he's, you know, right there with Le'Veon Bell and, you know, all these big name guys, um, who are, you know, who, who basically own the market of rushing. Um, he's one of those guys and, and his availability, like on the, we're looking at this draft board, like I take him ahead of Deandre Swift easy. I take him, you know, ahead of Cam Akers. I take him ahead of Le'Veon Bell. I'm just Devin Singletary, Singletary. right? Like all those guys, you're more comfortable I mean, in his, going into his second year, I, we can have all the questions about the offensive line. You can ask questions about Tariq Cohen, but the value is so strong. Um, and I'd rather have him over a lot of the committee backs because I know just off pure volume, um, he's going to hit that. Where like DeAndre Swift, I have no idea what his volume is going to look like. Mm-hmm. We can say, oh, he's you know talented enough or he's a second round pick. But you have no idea. Looking at Carrion Johnson, Carrion could be a little bit healthier, right? And then you don't know. Devin Singletary, same thing with Zach Moss. Like, okay, now we have like strong competition. There's nobody competing with David Montgomery for rushing volume. And I mean, that's really what you care about when you're, when you're looking for who am I going to grab in the, uh, you know, fifth round. Yeah. Could you say the same thing about Jordan Howard, 
who went to that same exact team two rounds later. Uh, I'm a Matt Breida guy just because I've drafted him and I've been forced to watch him not score touchdowns. But Jordan Howard's guy in Miami, I think they're going to be better than people realize because that defense is so improved with just the money they've spent on it. Where mm-hmm. I think they're going to be in games. And it's not like anybody in the AFC East is a world beater. You know, everyone kind of anoints the Bills. Like, oh, Bills, this is your year. You're going to win. Like, why? The Bills quarterback sucks. I know I'm going to get hate tweets from the Bills Mafia about that. But Josh Allen's a clown. Uh, <laughs> you know, why can't the Dolphins, you know, can, I'm not going to say they're going to win the division, but why can't they win seven, eight games and be yeah. in a lot of them? They were a tough out last year. They beat my Eagles handily down there in South Florida. Oh yeah, you can't embarrass me. <laughs> you can't forget that uh, Jordan Howard is a Pro Bowl running back, right? He's been to the Pro Bowl once, maybe twice, uh, multiple time thousand yard rusher, and like he's a good running back. He's not a good pass catcher, which is why they have uh, Matt Breida there. But like he's going to get the goal line carries, so he's on, on any given week he's uh, got touchdown upside, and um. If, if they're really trying to help um, Tua out as he's getting going, they're going to want a strong run game and they're going to want a guy that they can just hand the ball off to and and count that he's going to get four yards. And that guy is is uh, Jordan Howard. I, I, I like Jordan Howard when he was in Chicago. It's kind of sad how his uh, his time here ended because I thought I, I was a fan of his. But I think that's, that's yeah, another great pickup. Um, I know people don't play standard leagues really anymore, but but for standard leagues, he's he's a uh, uh, got way more upside than the PPR leagues. But that's I, yeah, I think that's another great call. Yeah, I think I'm yeah, looking at this um, board. I, I really like Jordan How- Howard's spot on this board. I think it's a good yeah. spot for him. Like I, I would take, I prefer him over Marlon Mack, but I would take him behind Sony Michelle. But you know, it's that same kind of that ballpark where okay, we're looking for who's going to get the most volume. Like a guy like Jordan Howard, Sony Michelle, we know that they're going to get a good amount of touches regardless of how good the team is. It's really hard in a draft like this. And everyone talks about upside. Scott Barrett wrote a great series of articles, you know, upside wins championships. And it's actually on this site, uh, fantasy points, Uh, you know, check that out. That's where this draft board is. And they hosted this draft that I was in last night. When you want to shoot for upside at running back and you want to do it late. I mean, let me get your guys opinion on this. It's difficult because, there's one thing to say, Hey, I'm going to draft some backup and let's pray that he gets a job. And I know there's touts out there who that their whole industry is. I'm going to talk about the third string running back. And eventually if he hits, I look like a genius, but (laughs) uh, you know, it's tough to go in and say like, Hey, Josh Kelly, like you're going to all of a sudden be an impact guy. Like we don't know. He could languish on the bench the whole year. Same with, with Royce Freeman or they're one injury away from being in. It's so crazy, but that's the beauty of best ball because if you guess right, you know it's there's no rushing to the waiver wire, spending fab. It's just kind of you're playing a hunch. What's most yep. likely to happen is you know, Devonta Freeman going to sign somewhere, probably, and is he going to be useful? More than likely. So why not stash him here? Somebody got him in the 17th round. Same reason we talked earlier about taking Antonio Brown. If you're in a best ball draft absolutely you should be trying to get Antonio Brown on your yeah. team. If he does, he, is he going to play? I don't know. Maybe it's 60, 40, but if he plays, he's going to be a top 12 wide receiver wherever he goes. Yep. Let's see. Where did yeah. he go oh. out of draft? 
I don't even see him on here. Oh, oh he, yeah, he, he did. He, he definitely went. Yeah, way late there. Uh, I don't even know what pick that that was, but it's the very bottom row there. Um, right a, a guy that I really like. Yeah, a, a guy that I really like that. Um, fifteenth round. That, there he is. Fifteen four. So a guy that went in the 11th round in this draft that I, I really like, especially for uh, best ball, and I'd love your opinion on him, is Tony Pollard. Because I think in any given week, he could be a, an RB1 because he could have four carries for 100-plus yards and a touchdown or two. <laughs> I hate That's the Cowboys. I, I'm an Eagles yeah, fan. Yeah, I mean, Dwayne's a Cowboys fan. I'm an Eagles fan. That's kind of the nice you know, paradox of our show, if I use that word correctly, which I probably didn't. But, uh, you know, that's what works with us is we were actually on air doing the NFL draft when the Eagle or the Cowboys selected CD lamb and my TV was ahead of his, he's in Texas, I'm in New York. And he just sees my face like drop. He goes, Oh, something wrong. And then he sees it. And he just seemed like fist pump. But let's go. Tony Pollard. I'll be honest. I don't know enough about Tony Pollard and, and I'm not sure in this offense, you know, are they going to use him in kind of a Randall Cobb-esque type role uh, with, with Mike McCarthy now as the head coach? He's an interesting guy. I think he's going to get tons of hype where you can look and say, eh, it's the 11th round, but I don't know. You could have had Emmanuel Sanders right there. I think he's going to be real useful. Um, oh, yeah. Give me you could have taken a quarterback. Matthew Stafford went in that right. round. Um, he's either going to be real useful or in a best ball, it's fine. In a season-long league, you're never going to play him. Right. In a season-long league, the, if you take him in the 11th round, you wasted the pick. And that's the the thing that you're uh, that that you're taking him for in best ball is you you want only one or two weeks. Like last year, he had, he had two two uh, games with over 100 yards rushing, and like if you're getting if you're getting two two games of over 100 yards rushing in the double digit rounds in a best ball league, that's that's great. But you don't want to have to guess that because no way are you guessing, oh, against Miami in week three and against the Rams in week 15, like you're going to start Tony Pollard. So you, you don't want the headache, but um, best ball, the the nice part is that you can take a shot on on a guy like Tony Pollard who doesn't need a ton of touches to, to do that sort of damage. He can average 10 yards a carry, 11 yards a carry in any given week. And um, I think that's the the fun part of, of him. Is there anyone else that um, – before we get into the wide receivers and, and quarterbacks and stuff, is there anyone else, uh, any other running back that you see late that you're like, this guy on any given week um, could put up a, a solid performance for me um, outside of like the, the the early round guys that are constantly getting the volume? Yeah, and they're actually on the same team. Uh, Chris Thompson and Ryquel Armstead, both of the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. Chris yep. Thompson's a guy who there was a point, like maybe it was two years ago, he was like a top five running back, wasn't he, for yes, a stretch? He was. It was maddening. You're watching this guy because he's catching seven balls a week and he runs for 35 yards. And let's be honest, the Jaguars have no interest in Leonard Fournette. They've talked about trading him. They don't want to re-sign him. He's probably gonna just gonna play out his deal. Maybe they dump him early in the season if they could get anything for him. So, you know, Ryquel Armstead out of Temple quality back he could fill the role chris thompson in this offense with a new offensive coordinator it's um the guy from the redskins what the hell's his name Gruden, Gruden. right 
Yeah, Jay yeah. Gruden. You know, so he's familiar with him. Why can't he come in and catch 45 balls? You know, we know Fournette probably won't. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, Chris Thompson's a guy in best ball. If he gets that third down roll, you know, great pick in the 13th round by whoever the team three is. I, I like that a lot. And even in redraft, if you want to scoop him, I'd maybe, you know, a few runs later, but Chris Thompson's a guy who's talented if he can stay healthy. And then Reichwell Armstead as well. Um, is, is, that's more that's more Leonard Fournette injury prone um, guy. Yeah, let's hope they cut his ass or trade him or something. But yeah, let's let's get the the hopeful backup there in case anything happens mid season. No, I like I like both those guys. Yeah, um, Chase Chase Edmonds another guy that I I like back there. Um, yeah. he feels like he's got a ton of upside if if any in, any injuries happen or you even saw um, him get pulled on the goal line. Uh, or or, uh, David Johnson get pulled on the goal line and Chase Edmonds scored like three touchdowns one game. So there's, I mean, he's a, he's a very good running back and, um, and yeah, so, so he's a guy that any given week um, you could have a a, a solid performance from him. So that's another name that I like in those later rounds. Um, Tell us, what do you do with quarterback? Like that, to me, that feels like, um, a, a position where there's a lot of a lot of people that are team late round QB. Mm-hmm. Um, I see here Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes went in the third round, and then it was two more rounds before anyone was drafted. Um, what what do you do with quarterback, and and how early are you comfortable taking a quarterback in best ball? Uh, being that it's best ball, you really can wait a while because you could take two, three guys if you wanted to. My favorite late round guy is Ben Roethlisberger, and he went in the 10th round here. I thought he would go a little later. Uh, He usually does, but somebody scooped him as they went Roethlisberger and then came back with Aaron Rodgers. So that's their two QBs. But my QBs here are Drew Brees. Uh, Today's comments withstanding. We'll see if he even plays. (laughs) Drew Brees. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and Tom Brady. So like I said in the, the live cast, if you're an old wrestling fan, I've got age in the cage. This is Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan on WCW circa you know 2001. So I've got Breeze and I've got Brady. And between those two, I figure I'm going to have some pretty good weeks for a 10th and 12th round pick. And in a best ball, what you're going to want to do also, if you take Breeze, Take a shot on Jameis Winston super late. No one's going to take him because he's a backup quarterback. But imagine if Breeze goes down. We saw what Bridgewater did. And this might be looking genius now with Breeze, what he's doing today. But uh, I like Jameis. Uh, Just throw him on the bench. See what happens. Big time offense. Uh, But most of the time, yeah, I want to be in that Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, uh, Carson Wentz range. That's where I, I kind of like. I like Matt Stafford a lot, especially in yes. best ball. Um, you know, those are guys who can just put up. Do I need a guy to score 60 points in one week, you know, like Lamar Jackson? You know, it'd be great, but, uh, you know, I'd rather have, you know, Juju and, and Thielen and Hopkins and those kind of guys in, instead of spending that second, third round pick on a quarterback. No, that, that makes a ton of sense. And Stafford is a huge, huge value back there. Um, Brian Tannehill, too. Big big value at the end of that. He, I mean, he was in the same round as as uh, Brady Goff, 
uh, Garoppolo, Bridgewater, Darnold, and like Tannehill's upside. Well, Jetpick, you were you were uh, big on him last year at the end of the season. His points per game were ridiculous last year, weren't they? Yeah, he was the second best quarterback in fantasy when he, as a starter on a points per game basis. So, the I mean, it was just like kind of bonkers. I don't think he'll repeat that type of efficiency, but I mean, he was so good. And I mean, that's what you want to look at for a lot of these guys is what's their point per game value. And Drew Brees is, an, is a great one. His, I mean, he was injured half the year or whatever. I think he missed five games or so, uh, but he's a 20 point per game kind of guy. So that's mm-hmm. top, top seven quarterback. Matt Stafford, same thing, played eight games, was on pace for 5,000 yards. Like, you know, if you, if you can grab these guys who, oh, he was a little bit injured or he's a little bit older and you pair them together or stack them in this best ball format, I mean, it's just as good as, you know, reaching up for Deshaun Watson. Stafford went two for, picks before me. Yeah. I, I was going to take him back to back with Breeze and a guy just poached him right before I could. But, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, like Brady's Stafford a good get though. Brady, sure. I'm a big fan of Brady. I, you know, he's top 12 last year thrown to, you know, a limping Edelman and, you know, Nikhil Harry, who sucks. Um, and, and you know, to get, to get the upgrade for him with, with Evans and Godwin, it's absurd. So, I mean, and, I'm all over Gronk Brady. Back. Right yeah. Oh boy. Gronk, yeah. <laughs> Gronk went super late. Oh, yeah. I had him in my queue. I thought I was going to get him. I'm like, oh, I'm going to pair him up. And that'd be such a sleeper pick as my, I think he would have been my backup. Yeah. It'd be my backup tight end at that point. Yeah. And then he, where did he go off the ball? Oh, right there. Uh, middle of Gronk the 13th doing? round. What is he doing there? So late. That's so insane. Late. Oh my yeah. gosh. Listen to this. Gronk went after, and you're smart guys. Would you rather have Gronk? Again, this is as a somebody got Gronk as his th- third tight end in this league. Or here's the three tight end that went off the board before him Blake Jarwin, Irv Ugh. Smith, and Jack Doyle. Oh my gosh. Oh my, no. I was. Okay. went off before him. Fant went off before him. Hooper yeah. went off before him. He's going to catch 10 touchdowns. Yeah, I would rather have Gronk than Hunter Henry. <laughs> I would yeah. rather have Gronk than uh, like, Jared Cook and Hayden Hurst right now. <laughs> like it's like I'm so high on Gronk. Kelsey, Kelsey Kittle, Ertz, Andrews, Waller. That's probably it for me that I'd want. Maybe Evan Ingram if I think he can stay healthy. Like, like those are the only guys that I really think I would have ahead of Gronk for this season. Yeah, I wanted him. I thought that would be a great play to pair with Brady, but I, you know, you get sniped here. There's smart guys in these drafts too, and they notice uh-huh. when value's falling. I think in a home league, if it's late August and you're drinking beers with your buddies, I think Gronk goes before Jarwin and Irv Smith and Jack Doyle. Those guys are not coming off the board before Gronk because oh, yeah. your friends yeah. know who Gronk is. Yeah. They don't know who the hell Irv Smith is or Blake Jarwin. <laughs> they think he's a country singer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely that's i mean that's that's spot on that's that's the the interesting dynamic in drafting with people that uh that are more in tune with everything or um drafting with guys who are like like we're in a, a keeper league right now and um sometimes I'll, I'll be like hey i'm i'm interested in uh in sanders like well i'll trade you like i, I need another running back and um the guy forgets that uh, that he has Miles Sanders and thinks that I'm talking about Emmanuel Sanders. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to negotiate, and the entire time he's like, "No, no, no!" Even though Sanders is old, I think he's going to have a really great season. I'm like, 
ah, we just had an entire like two day negotiation over Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders. And I thought you knew I was talking about Miles Sanders. It's a uh, different, different kinds of, of leagues. there. <laughs> Do you guys think, uh, how high are you on Emmanuel Sanders? The hype is getting out of control. He went fifth overall in this draft. I'm an Eagles fan. I think he's good. I don't know if he's fifth pick overall good. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on him. That's early. That's way too early for me. Uh, I mean, I think they're going to add a guy. Like, I mean, isn't that the vibe that you get when you hear all this stuff about, I don't know, LaShawn McCoy or Devonta Freeman? Oh, they're definitely going to add someone. I don't know if he's going to take much of a role away, but someone else is going to to be there, be it LaShawn McCoy or Lamar Miller or – I don't know, whoever's left out there, uh, Betty White, whoever they could find on the street. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. Someone's going to come in there. I I just can't see them going into the season with Boston Scott's a change of pace. He's not a feature back. And behind right. him, you've got um, this Killens kid out of UCF. And I think there's another kid who's uh, this kind of fat kid who they got as a, as a UDFA. <laughs> The um, mighty armadillo. Yes. Michael Warren. Yeah. Michael there, there, Warren. Was that Cincinnati, right? Yeah. Yeah. I saw if, you if you haven't seen Jetpack's video on Michael Warren, you have to go. We'll, we'll send it to you here. It's awesome. It's one of my favorite videos. My wife, who doesn't even like follow football at all, thought it was hilarious. So that's, how, that's how you know. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I like him. So, I yeah. love that Killens kid. Holy smokes. Can he run? If they're going to stash him on the practice squad and they're just going to hope nobody figures out how fast he is. Uh, but that's a guy down the line that you could really turn into a gadget player. Uh, you know, if you kind of make him in a, a slight, he could be. Um, kind Sproles of a, action. Yeah. Sprolesy type. Um, who's the bust out of West Virginia? Tavon Austin. Another, if oh, you yeah. can put him on the slot kind of thing, just get the ball in this kid. He runs like a four, two. Yeah. So he's quick. Yeah, but, so uh, that's another guy. But they're going to add somebody. I think McCoy is totally shot. There's a reason that he was inactive. I think he played one, uh, inactive for the Super Bowl. He played, like, what, one snap after week 16? So uh, they didn't want to play him. And I don't want the Eagles to sign him, but, you know, it looks like a, a lot of signs you're pointing to they might. Yeah. Uh, so, the, I mean, the deal with Miles Sanders and taking him at – the fourth running back overall it's it to have him ahead of cook and kamara mixon it's insane it, it makes no sense I, I think part of what's happened with fantasy was we like wished that chris godwin would be good and we we used no like past results or anything like that and he was and now everybody has this arrogance of like okay we're all gonna hype up a new guy and he's gonna be amazing and that that guy this year is miles sanders who is just mm-hmm. getting out of control hype without really any any substance and i you know i think he's he's going to be over yeah we're just overhyping him too much he'll be you know he could be a late rb1 that's kind of where he was this last year i'm fine with that but he got i mean really he got lucky with his workload and he got lucky by having a super easy schedule like a crazy easy schedule where you could plug in a boston scott and he's going to score three touchdowns like i mean miles sanders played the redskins twice who you know they're trash he played the Giants. I mean, it was like a super cakewalk and played the Dolphins. He had the easiest schedule you could have possibly had the last five games or whatever. And that that's where he made up all his points. Um, so, yeah, for me, I'm definitely fading him in the first round. I'll, I'll wait. Why can't Don't that guy that we 
Oh, go ahead. Don't forget the game where he had uh, 25 yards of carry against Buffalo. Yeah. That was there were, I mean, there were, there were several the games. He had four, four, uh, sorry, five games where he had less than 10 carries too, you know? So like, that's not, that's not a volume play that you want there. Yeah. I know they like him and I listen to, you know, a lot of inside Eagles podcasts and they're, you know, they know he's going to get all the touches and Peterson's never had a big back like this. And if you listen to our show and you listen to, to Dwayne, you know, Doug Peterson has always been a committee guy. And not just because he's never had a great back, it's just that's just the way he is. Even when you know they had Legarrette Blunt and Jay Ajayi and Corey Clement, and you know they they're mixing guys in. And it, were any of those guys super studs? No, obviously not. But it worked. And the Eagles want to come out. They want to blow your doors off in the first half, and then they want to pound the rock in the second half to end the game. That's that's how NFL teams play. You know, you don't come out to establish the run. That's like 1980s play. You come out, you establish the lead. And then once you have the lead in the second half, you know, look at the Patriots do that. And uh, the 49ers and teams that just want to grind you out in the second half. And that's what Philadelphia wants to do. I like Sanders. I think he's great. But, oof, 1-5. When I can get Dalvin Cook or even Kamara, I don't know. When you can get Kenyon Drake at the back of the, I feel like Kenyon Drake has the same amount of upside, if not more. And you got you get him at the end of the that round. So... I feel like that's that's way too early for him. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Hey, let's hope he has a great season because you know yeah. I'm a Birds. You'd fan, be a happy right? guy. I'd love, to, I'd love to see them, you know, make another run. All right, so Drake, tell me who who are you totally avoiding uh, this year? If there's any guy where you're just like, nah, not happening, not interested at all. Even in best ball, right? I mean, the, we're we're here for max upside, and everybody's got a shot. Who are you fading here? Reminds me of that great movie, A League of Their Own. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Uh, let's see, guys, I'm really avoiding. Uh, everybody's good at a at a price, you know. I'm looking at, you know, who I'm not like super high on. I guess is like the Carolina receivers, maybe mm. because I, I just think Teddy Bridgewater sucks. I put a tweet out <laughs> a year ago, and it was like. Right after he gets signed, it's like he had that great run in this, with the Saints. And I go, someone's going to sign Teddy Bridgewater to a contract, and a year and a half later, they're going to be looking for a new quarterback. And I, I believe that to be true. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is a franchise quarterback. He's a great backup, and he did great in spot duty, but I don't know. So I'm not excited about uh, any of those guys, even though they have a horrid defense and they should have to throw the ball a bazillion times a game. I don't know. There's so many guys in there now with Robbie Anderson who you can get later than late in drafts uh, and Curtis Samuel. And you still got you know, the, the young ascending tight end. And don't forget McCaffrey's going to catch 5,000 balls. So I'm not really into them. Um, uh, boy, you know what else? I, I look at how early a guy like DeAndre Swift goes. He went in the fourth round and him and Jonathan Taylor, people are all over him. And I'm like, there's still really good veterans that are playing and are kind of the incumbents to this job. How do we know that that coaching staff in Detroit is just going to say, DeAndre Swift, you're a much better athlete. We're, you're going to get all the carries over carry on right now. Like they're coaching for their jobs. They're, they're going to kind of go with what they know with very limited offseason work. Uh, and DeAndre Swift, you're going to take him in the fourth round. He might not start getting real work till like week nine. By that time, mm. you cut his ass. 
<laughs> you know, exactly. in a dynasty league, great. Redraft, woof. I don't know. I can't take him in the fourth uh, round. No way. No, that's uh, way too early. What about what are your thoughts on J.K. Dobbins in a, a format like best ball? It's great. Best ball is awesome. You know, who knows if Mark Ingram gets hurt, then J.K. Dobbins takes that job and he never looks back. But this is a team where basically the best running back is the quarterback. So, I mean, that's going to vote for touchdowns too. So that kind of caps your upside a little bit. Ingram's not going away. There's still Gus Edwards. You got Justice Hill. So I don't necessarily think they need to give him much this year. As talented as he is, why do they need to put that much on his plate when you have all these other guys? Run the wheels off Mark Ingram. He's, it's You're going to get rid of him after this year anyways. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious about him. I heard uh, the guru, John Hansen on his morning show talking about Jonathan Taylor and his ADP. And he's like, you know, you should be taking him in the fourth round because a couple weeks into the season, he's going to be cruising behind that offensive line. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, Frank Reich comes from that same tree as Doug Peterson that comes from Andy Reid. And they kind of like using multiple backs. Like, why do we all automatically assume that Marlon Mack, thousand yard rusher, is just going to be relegated to the pine? We don't know that. So right. I don't know. I think people could be a little too overhyped on these rookies. And for dynasty purposes, it makes sense. You look at Marlon Mack's contract and stuff. Sure. You you look at uh, Mark Ingram's contract, and you you see the writing on the wall with them. But you hit the nail on the head there with with. These are they're stepping into committee back roles and for for redraft purposes, taking Jonathan Taylor ahead of uh, uh, James Conner or taking DeAndre Swift ahead of David Johnson, like like that doesn't make I, I guess those went they went back to back. But like like these rookie running backs that are in committees for redraft, their ADP right now is too high. It's like the, the, just like we were saying earlier, the shiny new toy. Um, and, and so their ADP gets bumped up and, and I don't know that it's worth it. Like Kareem Hunt or Raheem, Raheem Mostert is going to have just as predict, uh, just as, uh, good of a season as, as these guys. And you're getting him two rounds later. He's likely the starting running back in, in a committee and, and you're, you're getting a, a guy that has just that same upside, but rounds later and people are just kind of forgetting about him. So, um, I'm kind of uh, I'm with you on that for for redrafted. It, it feels like uh, this the shiny new toy. Syndrome. I kind of like of all those running backs. I like Cam Akers the best out of all these rookies. I think he's going to step right in. Those other guys are total stiffs. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of Daryl Henderson at all. Everyone was hyping him up last year. The guy's going in the fifth round. He's like five two. He looks you know he's this guy's not a feature running back. Okay. Cam Akers can come in, he can take that job and run with it, and he could score 10 touchdowns and catch 50 balls next year maybe. Uh, and Keyshawn Vaughn, a guy I got in the start of the eighth round, why can't he come in and, and win that job? He's not coming up against a Mark Ingram or a Marlon Mack. He's got to beat up Ronald Jones. Yeah. I, I mean, that's like beating out Rashida Jones from The Office. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like <laughs> Ronald Jones is terrible. <laughs> Yeah, Dwight Schrute might be the third string running back here. We don't know. I mean, why can't Keyshawn Vaughn be a, a league winner? And then everyone's going to look back and be like, oh, my God, why were we so low on Keyshawn Vaughn? Like, can you, you, I, I made this point on our show. Do you know how many times with Gronk, 
Godwin and Evans. You're, the Bucks are going to have pass interference calls in the end zone, and they're going to be just placing the ball down, you know, at the two yard line or whatever, and saying, "Hey, you'll punch it in, kid." Maybe that's Ronald Jones, but I got a feeling Vaughn's going to be a lot better than people anticipate. Oh, that's a, that's a great point. That's, dig that's it. Point. I dig it. So, yeah, part of the part of my question uh, with best ball is as you're sorting out these committees and figuring out, oh, you know, this guy he's got to to compete with this. Why or is there a strategy, or do you have the strategy of making sure that you just double up on guys from the same team, like? I, I've played in leagues where it, you actually just have team running backs mm-hmm. and you don't draft player names. You just draft the team. Yeah. And could you do a similar thing with best ball or have you done a similar thing with best ball, whether that's like the Texans receivers or I don't know, like we were talking about the Bucks running backs. Bucks are going to be fun. Niners running backs. Like, I mean, you could punt on a position and grab the Niners running backs and whoever, I mean, Tevin Coleman, four touchdowns. Raheem Mostert, 200 yards, right? It, it, it doesn't matter. One of them is going to be great. What's your what's your thinking there? There were guys in here that spoke about that in the live chat. If they wanted to, you know, get, let's say, you know, Matthew Stafford and TJ Hawkinson, or you want to get the quarterback and the wide receiver kind of thing. I'm totally cool with that. It didn't fall that way to me. I wanted Brady and Gronk. Uh, so I'm, I'm on board with that. If you want to get that receiver or even kind of go receiver, running back, and you could kind of do it with the Steelers if you could get Connor uh, along with Juju, and then you know you're going to get Ben late. I think all of the Steelers are criminally undervalued this year because they had yeah. such a bad year uh, when Ben got hurt. Uh, you remember Juju Smith-Schuster last year had an ADP at the end of the first round. Yep. And, and now his best ball ADP. Ba, 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 ba. Where's Juju coming off the board? Four two is his ADP right now. Guys, last year was a first round pick and you can get him in the fourth round. What changed? You know, you just had his quarterback who got hurt, but he's back now. So Juju was banged up last year too. Yeah. yeah it'd be a big year. Everybody loves Deontay Johnson. They're going crazy. I mean, we, we said, Hey, go pick him up after I think it was week one. We were telling people to get Deontay Johnson, but what are your guys thoughts on him? You've got, you know, they're a team that does like to pound the rock a little bit, but Ben is calling the plays, uh, you know, with uh, Randy Fitchner as the OC. It's really just, hey, Ben, call whatever you want. And <laughs> Ben's going to be out there now. He doesn't have any rapport with Deontay Johnson. He's basically never played with him. You know, Juju's his boy. Yeah. I I think um... – so I think when you're looking at the way Big Ben likes to play is he played with Antonio Brown for for all those years and and had a lot of success with that type of player mm-hmm. and you're looking at the guys that uh that are on the team and james washington is the other the other option there and and big ben does not have any rapport with james washington either like mm-hmm. like he is james washington has done nothing but suck since he's gotten into the nfl and uh and so you're looking at the play style that big ben feels comfortable with and um and if all things if all things are equal, Deontay Johnson looked better last year than James Washington, in my opinion. And oh, yeah. uh, and so I think that that fits like that that player fit um, just works really well with his tendencies. And so I'm not saying that uh, Deontay is going to have the Antonio Brown type volume or have the Antonio Brown type success, but like that's the 
that's the role that I see him stepping into. And um, I think you're, you're looking at a guy that has a ton of upside. I really liked him. His comp for me coming out of school was Stefan Diggs, Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. like as far as play style, not as not, not I'm not saying they're like, he's that caliber of player, but like that was the play style. And that's exactly what big Ben likes. That's exactly what big Ben relied on for so long. Um, so he may, played I don't in the know. Mac, he, he returned he, punts. He's Antonio Brown. Exactly, that's right. Right. I, but he's, <laughs> I mean, let, I'm, let me I'm get looking at the guys Chase that, Claypool too. I thought that was a horrible pick. Yeah. Not a, not a Chase Claypool guy. Uh, as far as this year, uh, Jetpack, you you like Chase Claypool a little bit more than I do. Yeah, I think he's. I mean, he's a tough, good ball player. I think he'll take some time to adjust. So uh, yeah, like redraft wise, I don't I'm not worried about him. But um, yeah, he's interesting. We we've talked about him before as far mm-hmm. as like, oh, maybe he's a tight end. He's great. He's a really good athlete. Can compete for the ball, that kind of stuff. I, I think down the road he beats out James Washington for sure. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, like right now, I I do like Deontay Johnson. I think. His value is you're basically paying for what you're hoping he becomes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like, you know, I would have Devontae Parker over him all day. And he's, you know, kind of going the same ballpark here. Stephon Diggs for sure. I mean, like Jarvis Jar- Landry Jar- over, over him. Like Jarvis Landry, uh, I mean, behind Deontay Johnson is, is disrespectful to, you know, Jarvis. everything that <laughs> Jarvis has been. And, you know, but at the same time, like, I, I understand, okay, that's what we're hoping for, right? We want Deontay to be a wide receiver, too, um, from a fantasy standpoint. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's within his range of outcomes, but you're, you're betting on the upside um, there. So when, when I'm asking, my question is more uh, guys from the same team, but also from the same position group, right? Mm-hmm. So um, That's tough to do because yeah, – I, I figure it is. But yeah, where are you at on that? That's uh, I I don't know if I'd want to do that because you're going to be eating up a lot of real estate on your roster on a certain position. So let's say I went and I've got Deshaun Jackson, Jalen Rieger, and for the hell of it, Elshon Jeffrey. Whatever. I've got the Eagles receivers. Okay. What I've got three guys now taking up space on my roster, and then you're going into that week, and all of a sudden, you know. Dallas Goddard scores a touchdown and Sanders falls into the end zone and Wentz sneaks one in and you get nothing from these guys. And it, you know, you're just losing out opportunity. It's really just an opportunity cost, I guess, because who could have scored from some other team? It's, it's a lot of real estate to take up. I think if you want to try it, go for it. That these $10 best balls are great in that you can use any strategy you want, but I don't know if that's something I would necessarily do, but I wouldn't fault you if you want to get, take a shot on it because there's going to be weeks where you had you, you, you know, you had a home run. Yeah, no, I was just, I was just wondering because it seems like that would be something we're trying. But I mean, you, you haven't played, of course. It's like, hey, <laughs> no, I, I get that. I think what you would need to do probably is you'd have to have like a really big disparity in terms of cost to where like picking up a guy way late. It's the same as like handcuffing a guy, right? So it'd be more like if you get Robert idea. Woods in the fourth round. And then later on, like the last two rounds, you go like, give me Van Jefferson and sure, Josh yeah. Reynolds, just in case anybody right. else besides Cooper Cup scores a touchdown. <laughs> right, yeah. No, that, that makes yeah. sense. All right, are you, a, are you a handcuff guy in uh, redraft? I like to, in you know my league with my buddies, I always like to make sure that I've got high-end backup handcuffs around we have a a, like almost a game in our league between a couple of guys where 
before the Thursday night game, guys will drop their kickers and they'll add, you know, the Thursday night game is whatever. And they'll, they'll add the handcuffs for that game. As soon as the game's over, they drop them. And then they're picking up one o'clock Sunday handcuffs, drop them four o'clock Sunday handcuffs. And then they'll end up just picking up a kicker for, you know, a night game or whatever. So that's a game we've had played in our league for a long time, but I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's it a part-time job to keep up with all that, but you have to do that because if you hit on it, you're golden. You're jumping the waiver wire. Um, I only think you need the, the backup if it's a high end backup, you know, like, and the cost is prohibitive. I don't want, or the cost is something that you can really afford and it doesn't break your team because remember the years of guys drafting, you know, like Arian Foster and then uh, who was it? Ben Tate ben was Tate. like going in like the sixth round. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense. You know, I want a good backup. Like say you took Singletary and you're like, eh, uh, let me get Zach Moss. If you can get Zach Moss way later, even though he'll have a, a role that works for me. I don't want some guy who's a total stiff. And if he comes in, he doesn't make a difference anyways. Like for the giants, like if, uh, Barkley goes down. Like, is Wayne Gallman going to win you weeks? Is, I mean, Deion Lewis is dead. Forget him. I know they signed him, but are those guys going to win your league? Probably not. And we saw that last year. Remember the, with all the guys that went down in Detroit, you know, none of those guys were any good. So it didn't matter right. who they plugged in there. They all stunk. Yeah. No, that's fair. I, I think that's, yeah. Not that I'm, I'm playing best ball really this year, but but I know we have a lot of listeners that, that will play and a lot of listeners that I think after this will try it out. You know, people are, especially right now, people are just going wild for drafts. Mm-hmm. And this is a way where you can like scratch the itch for a draft, but not have to maintain the, uh, the, the commitment in season. So I think this, this is a, a really great option for people, right? Especially right now with, uh, with how much time everyone has, how much extra time everyone has. Um, they're going to so, say, listen to this guy's advice, get me in a draft with him. I'm going to take his money. <laughs> this guy's an money. idiot. Easy money there. Hopefully, hopefully this, uh, draws out some challengers for you and you can, uh, you can put them all in their place. Yeah, we're, we're gonna um, do a fun one for our uh, for. We'll, we'll try to get you guys in there when we do our uh, fantasy football hustle live on air best ball ten, where we just ooh. fill it up with industry guys, uh, and we're also gonna get. We've got a commitment from. I don't, have you ever seen on Twitter the guy? He's a uh, Drake Jordan, Drake Jordan, the yes. dynasty champ. Yeah, yes. two time dynasty champ. He said, "I sent him a message. He said, if you do one, I will do it on air with you guys, so we can see <laughs> who the awesome. dynasty champ takes in the best ball." That's amazing. He's his his account's hilarious. I I die laughing because so many people take him so seriously. We had and him on the show once. Did you? That's, yeah, that's amazing. And uh, we, we I gotta go back it. and watch that episode. We uh we didn't use his face. He didn't want to be seen. And you know, some of us uh maybe know more about that than others uh, on this show. But uh, he he didn't want to be shown. He wants to remain anonymous because you know he's winning so much money in these high stakes leagues. We can respect that. Uh, but I love when he like Matt Barry put out a like is an ad that he got paid for about a private jet. And he he was like the first response. And it was like, like, hey, uh, any tips about jet rental usage during a pandemic? Yeah. And it was just tremendous how he worded it. And like, yeah, everybody's renting a jet right now when they're laid off. 
Thanks, Matt. <laughs> That's awesome. Matt. That's amazing. He's 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 so funny. People get fired up against him, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They, he he. People tilt so hard. People <laughs> tilt so hard. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and and listen to that one. Um, all right. Are you guys ready for our uh, our, our final game? I guess. Can I write that... the word down in front of me, or do I have to spell it off the top of my head? Um. Oh, you have you to spell can, it you can, Yeah, you can Spelling like write, you know, people, okay. people like write it out on their their hand with their with their finger. Oh, we'll allow <laughs> we'll allow that. Uh, this is all honor system. Don't yeah. Google it. Uh, I'm I'm pretty much just scrolling down this this glossary and uh, and and picking words here. So these are all rocket and space technology words. I'm oh, hoping we get Christ. some that uh, that you haven't heard before. I'm sure it'll be all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll we'll start out here, and we'll go uh, we'll we'll go until we have a winner. You know, we're already an hour ten minutes into the show. <laughs> um, all right, Jetpack, would you start us off here? Your word is. Let me find a let me find a good one. I had a a good one, and then I went oh. right. I went right past it. Uh, your word is periapsis. What the hell? Periapsis. <laughs> periapsis. Uh, can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> um, oh, man. The earth, the earth's periapsis is really great. Ooh, this is tough. I don't know. The definition is the the point in an orbit which is nearest to the primary. If I knew what the primary was, I would be able to use it in a sentence. I think I got it. I think I got it. Okay. All right. Periapsis. P E R I A P S I S. Periapsis. That is correct. Jetpack Galileo. This is going to end up your first one. Correct. Awesome. All right, that was that was good, Brian. Are you? I have the you know. Yeah, yeah, that yeah was, sure. That was good. Fire away. All right, your word, cat. Your word is your word is sun. No, um, S O N. Uh, all right. So, your word is magnetosphere. <laughs> all right. I went to a, a state school in New York, and uh, let's see, because my dad didn't want to pay for Syracuse. Let's put my. <laughs> uh, I got a good friend that works at Johns Hopkins. He's smart. Maybe I might call him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. What is it? magnetosphere? Yes. Oh, I can get this. I think. M a m a g. N E T O S P H E R E. Yeah, easy. That is correct. Let's is go. Correct. All right. Taking on all comers all right. here, folks. Soon as right, we go, guys. making it proud. We have we have two. Oh man, I don't even. They're they're Russian words. Oh come on now. All right, we'll save those. We'll save those two. But 
you guys are both going to get a Russian word to finish this up, just so you know. Um, I don't even, I got to practice, uh, I got to practice pronouncing those. All right. Collusion? Jetpack, no, that's not the word. Yours, okay, yours is uh, geodesy. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I like that. The I, mean, I remember geodesy from the 90s. <laughs> the science of Earth's shape. Oh, geodesy? Geodesy. <laughs> you know. Oh, of course. Geodesy. Just totally looking it up. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> geodesy. Geodesy. Oh, God. <laughs> G-O-O-G-L-E. Okay, all right. Here we go. Uh, geodesy. G-E-O-D-I-C-Y. Ooh, that, is, that is incorrect. Brian, uh, do you want to take a do you want to take a shot at this one? You'll get your own you'll get your own, but maybe you can gain a, a bonus point here. Geodesy? Yes. Uh all right, let's go with G E O. Uh I don't know. D I C Y. No, it is it is spelled G E O D E S Y. Damn. Yep. Odyssey. We're still tied. 1-1. One, one. Um, if I can't run, throw, or catch, I usually don't play the sport. So I'm already <laughs> at a disadvantage here. Um, the next word for you is drogue. Drogue? It is a, oh, is that for, it's is a that for small me? Parachute. Yes, this is for you, Brian. Uh, it's a small parachute used to slow and stabilize a spacecraft returning to the atmosphere. Drogue. D R O U or O G U E. That is like correct. D, D Rogue. I used to have Rogue, Rogue uh, Brewing Company. I used to have a Oregon license plate in my garage that I stole from the beer distributor I worked for, and I could <laughs> spell Rogue from that. That's good. That's good. That is correct. Uh, th- that's um, traditional rules in spelling bees are you can't go back and and change things but oh. you know we'll give that to you you got Seems, it no, yeah this is just the the fantasy football astronauts and, and we're really just impressed that um we have guests <laughs> on that know how to spell i can't believe i'm going to round three uh all right jetpack your word is ionosphere ionosphere i o n o s p H E R E ionosphere. Yes, that is correct. That is correct. Nice. You guys are tied at two, two, um, two words to two here. And Brian, your word is, oh man, there's a bunch of like, so all of these, all of these words are like three or four words. It's not like, it's not like a one word thing. All the, all the whole glossary, um, so I got to go through and, and pick hard ones. All right, Brian, yours is rocket dine, rocket oh. dine. Okay. R O C K E T dine. Yes. D I N E. Ooh, that's incorrect. Oh. Jetpack, would you Damn like it. to take a shot to pull ahead here? Yes. R O C K E T D Y N E Rocketdyne. That is correct. Yes. Ah! Wow. 
It's like the vowel. I'm, sometimes why? Sometimes yep. why? <laughs> It's exactly what it was. That'll be the All name right. of the podcast. Sometimes why? <laughs> All right. So you guys are, are likely both going to have a shot to answer these next two. Jetpack is up three to two. These will be the last two words that we do. They are both Russian. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I need to go crack another Jetpack, are you, are you ready for your first word? Uh, yes, ready? I'm ready. The first of the two is Cosmobookser. Oh, Cosmo Bookser. Russian, a Russian name for space tug. Whoa. Oh, the, oh yes. Robert oh, Kraft, I know. Uh, I know. Robert Kraft knows this. Tug. Yeah, right. Uh, one more time. Cosmo Bookser. Cosmo Bookser. I'm, I'm likely pronouncing that wrong. You got it. I mean, that you got is it. All right. Elon, uh, Elon Musk and Robert Kraft got together and went to the Cosmo Bookser. Yes. <laughs> That's the old space tug. Yeah. Okay. Elon Musk's, Elon Musk's second son name is Cosmo Buxer. <laughs> Cosmo Buxer. All right. Here we go. C O S M O B U C H S E R. Cosmo Buxer. No, that's incorrect. But <laughs> a valiant effort. Brian, do you want to give it a shot? Cosmo Buxer? Uh, let's see. How did Cosmo Kramer spell his name? Um, C O, yeah, C O S, M O. There's Cosmo. Let's throw it. Get crazy here. B E U C H E R. No, damn it! It is spelled K O S M O. B U K S I R. Cosmo. They do K's. They do K's. It sucks. You said it wrong though, so. How do I? How do you say that word? I don't know, dude. I I mean, I for sure said it wrong, but I literally have no clue. All right, here we go. Um, the last word here is cosmoliot. Cosmoliot. <laughs> Come on. Is this me? Cosmoliot. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, it is. It is a Russian name for a space plane. Cosmoliot. Well, I think we're I'm for start sure this. pronouncing this one wrong as well. We're going to start I'm... this one with a K. <laughs> so uh, K-O-S-M-O. So there's Cosmo. Cosmo Yacht. Cosmo Yacht. Cosmo. Oh, all right. So let's throw an L in there. Uh, and then we'll go Y-A-C-H-T. That's incorrect. That's I'm incorrect. Gonna, I'm sorry. This is like the, when so old people talk to Alexa. Right when old you people talk K, to her, right? they go, mm, I'm not sure about that, Alexa. Uh, hey, Alexis. Yeah. How do you spell that? Oh, it's incorrect. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> Pretty sure that was right. <laughs> you started You started off right. You both You both started with a C last time. It was not correct. You started with a K at least. That was correct. So, okay. Um, All right. So I'm, I'm proud that we've made progress. So Jetpack, you you're up. Cosmo Yacht. The Russian name for a space plane. All right, I can't even tell how you're saying it, but okay, Cosmo it doesn't yacht. matter. It changes uh, every time. Cosmo it does, yacht. It does. It does. Cosmo okay. K O S M O L I O T. Oh, that was so close! Oh, but come on! Times why? What? Why? K O S 
M O L Y O T. Y O T. Yacht. Cosmol Yacht. Cosmoli Yacht. Cosmol Yacht. I literally have zero clue. Cosmo. Well, I'm. I am more confident in my pr- pronunciation of Cosmo Yacht than I am of Cosmo Book, sir. Well, yeah. I don't well, know this was fun. <laughs> All right. So Jetpack barely pulls out the win, three to two. Next time you're you're on, Brian. If you can beat Jetpack, you can uh, become the host of the show. You get to replace him. So that'll be oh. that'll be uh, for for next Perfect. time. If you even my, want that responsibility. Yeah, my my wife would love for me to host another podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you know, the very questionable word choices here, Rish. How's that? I and literally would just, I really just, uh, yeah, we went to Russian because I figured we'd, I mean, that was a good challenge. Langrangian, Langrangian. Oh boy. Yeah. You know, there's a lot what? of things that I don't know how to pronounce. I'm going to attempt that. Magneto hydrodynamics. That oh, that's good. easy. Yeah. That's yeah. Easy. Yeah, multiplexer, which also actually easy. sounds like some sort of a mall, or you a know, great space, a space mall, the Omniplex or whatever that was. What was it? That wasn't what it was. The whatever. multiplexer. Multiplexer. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you guys want to go to the multiplexer to get a space shake? <laughs> you know, that's what the the cool teens will be saying in like 2070 when they're out in uh, in space. But all right, Brian. Thanks for another great one. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, I liked looking at your draft. It's it's fun to actually have a draft board in front of you, like rather than just going off ADP because ADP is great. But then, like, you get to see how people actually draft. Mm -hmm. Right? They're they're not looking at oh, what's the ADP? They're they're saying okay who do i want at this point they're not drafting just based off adp so um cool cool to see that thanks for for sharing that with us um before you go anything uh, anything you want to leave our our listeners with yeah don't try to spell russian words um <laughs> no but uh yeah thanks for having me guys this was a blast uh i hope everyone stuck with us and they're excited to do some best ball drafts you can check me out over at the fantasy football hustle i'm on twitter at drake fantasy Go to YouTube, search Fantasy Football Hustle. We're on there or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find Dwayne McFarland and myself doing all that uh, cool jazz. We'll have another show coming out sooner or later. We've got some like a backlog of guests now that uh, want to come on and and but work for both of us is crazy. So it's you know this isn't our full time gig, so we have to fit it in when we can. But we hope we give you good content when we do find the time. Yeah. So it absolutely is a worthwhile YouTube show to check out and definitely make sure you're following Drake fantasy on Twitter. Um, great guy to listen to and follow for sure. Thanks, Thanks for coming man. on, man. Thanks guys. Yeah. Enjoy it. Keep up the great work. And man, I, I got to take some tips for you on how to get these YouTube subscribers because you're putting out the content that people want to see. Appreciate it. We appreciate it. Working hard over here and, and glad that, uh, glad that, that you use it as well. It's, it's a, a lot of fun to, to make that kind of stuff. Um, all right, Jetpack, do you want to sign us off? Yes, sir. We are the Fantasy Football Astronauts, and we are blasting off again. Uh, 
all of a sudden I'm talking about my one time going to a, a WWE event, was, which was actually like the sickest thing I've ever, not sickest thing ever, but like it was, it was something that I would recommend everyone go to at least once. It's amazing. If you want to see the cross section of America and you think going to a Walmart is it, go to a WWE show. Dude, Ooh. yes. It, it's like another world. Absolutely. You know, it's you'll, wild. You'll see some affluent folks with $500 belts, you know, over their shoulder. And then you'll see just, you know, guys straight out of the trailer park. But it's beautiful. They're there. They're they're cheering. And, and Vince McMahon's done a great job keeping people entertained and keeping them coming back. That's why it sucks now without fans. It's the same thing. Yeah. I think people don't realize how bad the NFL is going to be without fans. If that comes to it, like you're going to watch him like, Oh my God, this is boring as hell. Yeah. Super weird. The, did you see what uh, Deshaun Jackson, the idea that he had to mic everyone up, mic all the players up so you could hear everything that's going on. It's a great idea. That'd be I, mean, awesome. that, I mean, that would, that would make up for not having fans. Like that would make up for the awkwardness. Yeah. yeah. Innovation is going to have to drive the NFL in this kind of weird time. And I hate that. It's like watching television. Now, every commercial is in uncertain times. It's like, shut up. <laughs> we get it. We'll go to Burger King, you know? Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. WWE's crazy. I used to do a radio wrestling show for four years when I was in college. Did you? We had amazing guests. Uh, one of the guys who was on my show actually became a writer for the WWE. Uh, wow. Which is cool. Yeah. We went to two WrestleManias. We were at a WCW show when David Arquette won the world title. It's just awful. But uh, yeah, I I skipped my junior prom and went to an ECW show uh, at the New York State Fairgrounds. That's awesome. Yeah, it it was a much better time than not getting (laughs) late. (laughs) I went to... uh, I went to... Yes, I went to Monday Night Raw uh in february 2018 and like in san jose oh okay and uh so we i i know some guys at progenix and they sponsor a couple wrestlers and so uh we were with um seth rollins and so i went and um like got to first ever one i got to sit on the floor like in the the seats that you get to take home so i got to take home a, a chair and wow. was like probably 20 feet from the ring and uh, and then went out to dinner after with Seth Rollins. That's really cool. He's in great shape, man. Yeah, he does. I mean, his his trainer's a, a CrossFit guy and he does yeah. he doesn't do CrossFit, but he does that that style of, of training. And uh, yeah, I don't think I'll ever be able to top that experience. So I don't know if I'll go again unless I can like guarantee that I'm going to be with one of the, the wrestlers. <laughs> I, I just don't think I can. Yeah, they called him CrossFit Jesus. That was his nickname. Yes. Yep. That's cool, yeah. man. I wish I could get in shape like those guys. We were talking last night. I did a draft with Graham Barfield, and I said how I could be a stand-in for either Matt Breida or um, Marquise Brown. Because if you need a guy who's like 150 pounds with no muscle, like Breida's a little more <laughs> jacked up. Me and Marquise Brown could totally be the same guy. <laughs> like I could do body double work for him. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is definitely worth putting at the beginning yeah. or the end of the the pot. Of that started recording. See, this is That's what happens when when I do my show with Dwayne. Dwayne's so smart. Uh, I just want to get to the content and I tee him up with stuff, and and he gives out gold. But you know, I've got some stuff in here too. Damn it! 
<laughs> I'm gonna, I'll I'm actually start some. writing more this year. And uh, I, I put a column out on Fighting Chance, uh, I think about a week ago, about, I don't know if you guys got to check that out, but about not having time and balancing fatherhood and, and being a dad and being a husband and having a job and and then still trying to do fantasy content i mean god bless some of these guys who can produce oh yeah you know, daily you know fantasy things and that's not your full-time job you know i've got a real right. gig so I, I don't have time to sit here and break down numbers you know you guys doing all the incredible work on the nfl draft poof you guys are superstars that was that was a lot and we're, we're building a, a good team jetpack's been crushing it here um, he's been carrying the team for us. 